When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It is election day. So get out, vote, enjoy. I will do that in a, a little while. But uh, plenty to get into. Got our history lesson a little bit earlier with the line change. 25 years ago today, Nebraska, Missouri. And the, uh, the miracle in Missouri. Uh, we have put out a voting choice that I screwed this up. <laughs> I should have planned the, uh, the votes to go through the night. But uh, with our, our newer radio handle at HR City Radio for the show, uh, in honor of Election Day, you had a chance to vote on who Nebraska's next coach should be, will be. And uh, a lot of you chimed in on that. Uh, we'll get there with some results. Uh, dive into Mickey Joseph, his comments today. Husker basketball, 1-0, and better than the alternative uh, a year ago as uh, the Big Red finds a way over Maine. We'll talk about that more from Mickey. And load it up today as uh, we'll spend time with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic in about 20 minutes. And an hour from now, Matt Schick of ESPN Sirius XM and ESPNU and the Schick and Nick podcast will join us to talk some college football. And then Travis Vokalek, always got to find your tight end as he'll sit down with us right around 540. Numbers to get in can join us today at 466-3776-4676-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers to dial up and call. Can watch us and interact on the StreamYard. Do so on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and Facebook. Also, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. You can follow me, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio. Or find Elijah at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You got out. You did your civic duty. Yes. And How was it? Well, Were you intimidated? Well, Election Day is one of my favorite days uh, all around, not because of the civic duty, that's important too, but because it, it allows me to bring back a tradition that I've been doing for years now, ever since I turned 18. And I don't think I've missed a single election since I've turned 18. I, I do uh, very much think of the, uh, the the civic duty as a very important part of this. Uh, it's, it's huge. Get out there, vote. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, get your voice heard. But the tradition is that every single time I, I fill out my ballot, I look for an uncontested election or multiple, and I figure out which job I'd like the most, and then I write myself in and see what, what, I, what happens. You never know. So this year, uh, county engineer I wrote myself in for, so we'll Pam see. Pam Dingman's got you rocked. 
Probably, but you never know. I'm, I'm really hoping. I think it'd be really cool to like build some bridges and stuff. You know, I, so, I could, so I could you build are some shamelessly cool saying, write me in. I'm a broadcasting major and graduate, <laughs> but let me handle infrastructure and engineering. Well, I like my chances. I, I think I could build some cool bridges. And there's probably a lot more to the job than just building bridges, but that was where my mind first went. So we'll, we'll see how I do. If I make it on TV tonight, we'll, we'll see how my campaign is done. But County Engineer Elijah Herbal, I think it's got a nice ring to it. Building and maintaining. That's a nice theme for Nebraska football wherever they go uh, beyond, right, for 2023. Mitchell emailed in yesterday. And appreciate you listening, uh, Mitchell. He says, if Mickey keeps it close against Michigan, pulls out a win against Wisconsin and Iowa, does Nebraska, uh, and, and Nebraska, does that solidify Mickey? With that, if, if Mickey is the guy, what's the staff look like next year? Love the show. Mitchell, thanks for chiming in. That's a lot of questions. And the first step of that is keeping it close. And that was a theme today about being underdogged. Mickey was asked about it. Travis Vokalek was asked about it. Ethan Piper was asked about it. And listen, this team, this group, this core of 150-plus in the locker room, they've been underdogged a ton. Now, it's, it's natural tendency to worry about morale if you're a Nebraska fan after the Minnesota game. Mickey sounded a little bit more down than in other post games, but... He's very honest, and I think this team is resilient. That's one thing they've been uh, a lot of times the, the last five seasons, no matter what's happened, and a lot has happened. They, they've always come back to work. They've always gave it their all, right? And that's, that's important. Not every program, not every player does that. At some point, you reach a tipping point and you say, screw it totally normal it's too bad but that's that's where it's at i don't think that's in this locker room yet i don't know that it gets in this locker room here's the reality they could play their ass off on saturday and it isn't gonna matter they they could they could play hard they could tackle they could you know keep quorum in check allegedly you know similar to 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 brown and and moe where he he doesn't kill you, he gets what he gets, but he isn't. To, he didn't. Do, he doesn't do what he did last year. Okay, mm. where he took over in the second half, with a couple of big runs. That, that combination of Corum and Haskins last oh, year was just. Oh man, it was. You, you had Blake Corum juking dudes out of his shoes, and then Haskins jumping over dudes, and yeah, that, that in the second half. But, but, to, to the tune of two bills on the ground. But to your point. Even though that they were doing that on the ground, Nebraska still, the defense played well enough to give the offense a chance. The offense had the ball back late in that game, mm-hmm. and, and it came down to uh, turnovers. You were able to pick off McNamara last season and set your offense up in a short field. I'm pretty sure it, up until that final fumble, you were winning the turnover battle. The defense gave their offense a chance to win the football game last you year. Made they enough did enough. Plays. They did enough against the rushing attack, and that's kind of the same story for, for this season is yeah, Blake Corm's the guy who's going to get his. He's very talented, top five running back in the country. He's going to get his. Can you do enough to at least give your offense a chance to win? And you got to also understand, if Casey Thompson isn't playing on Saturday, what you got to do is a hell of a lot more than what you have to do if he is playing. Exactly. I mean, it's very grim, uh, to say the least. I mean, that's just reality of of Saturday. But there's a bigger picture here. How do you go out the rest of the season and, and what type of effort? Michigan, listen, as good as they are, 
and we'll see where they come in in the playoff rating, whether they nudge in front of Ohio State. Their schedule's not been as good, right? Common opponents, Penn State, their non-conference, kind of laughable. But Michigan can sleepwalk and then turn it on. For whatever reason, Rutgers likes to hang around for a half and push Michigan. Uh, don't know if that's Shiano and, and Harbaugh, the NFL familiarity or, or what, but Michigan's looked mortal at times, but now the, the, the task is this. You're in the driver's seat up until that showdown uh, in November against Ohio State, and it is about style points right now. So Michigan didn't get penalized for being well, – they were down, weren't they, 17-14 at half to Rutgers? Yeah, they were down. Oh, uh, Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> no, they were down last week, or they might have been just barely up. They were, they were only up 17-14 at half against Rutgers last weekend mm-hmm. uh, out there in, in Piscataway. Nobody tuned into that one. And then they, they pour it on, and it's 52-17 to 17 the final. Well, that's, they, that's happened a couple times this year because they were tied with Indiana at half. Yeah, and they ended up winning like 31-10. to 10. I, If my memory serves me correctly, I think Maryland was up on them at halftime. And and it was ten to ten in the third quarter against Indiana, and then they just flip it, man. Yes, they they are that they are that good. It's that it's how that ground game, that offensive line, they put in work, they wear out your defense. I mean that's that's been the story for Nebraska this year, and I think that's why people look at this Michigan matchup and you have some fear in your heart because you know well. What Michigan does really, really well is they lean on you throughout an entire game, and then those two- and three-yard runs start turning into five- and six-yard runs in the second half, and you look at it and you go, that's been happening in Nebraska this season against teams that aren't named Michigan. So whenever Michigan, a team that is, that's their bread and butter, whenever they come to town and do that, how's that going to look? Well, let's hear from Mickey a little bit. We'll, we'll give you a little Mickey now and a little Mickey later, and we'll also get uh, some thoughts on Nebraska basketball. Mitch Sherman in 10 minutes. But the task at hand, we talked about the, the point spread being an underdog, and uh, Mickey very respectful of what Harbaugh's got going up in Ann Arbor. The players came back on Sunday with good energy, you know, just like I expect. It's a relentless group. I expect them to come back the way they did. They came back with good attitudes. Um, we all know what's in front of us. Michigan's a really good football team. Um, the top five in, in rush on offense and then top five in every category on, on defense. Okay, and um, we know what we're getting into. We know, we know the task at hand, but it's an opportunity. And the ball's going to kick off on Saturday. So it's a, a big mountain to climb. More from Mickey here, specifically on, on Michigan and what they do. Well, they're a very talented football team. That you, you see talent across the board. You see talent when they put their twos out there. It's a very talented 85 scholarship group. And I think they're probably the best, the, the best team that we're going to face this year for us talent-wise. But they're well-coached. You know, Hobart does a really good job. They're well-coached. They're a tough team. They do a lot in the run game. They do a lot on defense. And they got a high football IQ football team and, and they're an older football team. So you're dealing with a really good, solid football team this week. So, Nebraska's underdogged by 28-and-a-half. We'll see if that line jumps a smidge with the news on Miles Farmer. A statement put out by Mickey Joseph. Miles suspended DUI over the weekend. We wish Miles the best. And good good dude. Good dude. And, and we'll hear Mickey's comments on Farmer. Uh, not, a, not a good decision. No one's perfect. Not condoning or, or saying it's all good to get behind the wheel. But he he's not a, a guy that 
is that that's a surprise, I mm-hmm. guess, is what I'm saying with with as vocal and as many guys that respect and still respect Farmer on the football team and just all the all the off the field work that Farmer has done in his career at Nebraska uh, when it comes to to make a wish and and also the Brooke Behringer uh, Citizenship Award. I mean, so, I mean, Farmer's a good dude that made a bad decision. Uh, but listen, he, he's he's a he's a guy that helps your defense. He's an experienced guy in your defense, and his effort is is always there. And you know, when Nebraska's gone to backup situations at safety, even though you have Buford Elijah, uh, anytime they've tried to put somebody else in at safety, mix and match a little bit, there's been a bust. Maybe it'll be different later in the season, but at least early in the year it was a problem. Well, maybe it'll be different if you have a guy back there that's taking reps with the ones all week long. Maybe they get some more experience. You know, they're, they're actually getting reps against what Michigan is going to be running, so uh, you're not going to be surprised when you're back there. But at the end of the day, this is a big loss for Nebraska, not only because of, of what Miles Farmer brings on the field. I mean, 18 tackles last week, led the team. He, he had probably his best performance as a Husker uh, last Saturday and then makes a bad decision Saturday night, and now he's going to be out for uh, Nebraska's toughest test of the season. And y- you do, your, your mind goes to, well, what's Nebraska going to do now? Because especially with how well Michigan runs the football, how will they take care of a defensive front seven, it, it was going to be a big game for the safeties to come up into the whole fill, make tackles on Blake Corum, a hard guy to bring down, and Miles Farmer is probably your most reliable tackler in the secondary this season. So... What does Nebraska do? It's, it's, it's big shoes to fill this week for whoever's going to be stepping up to take the role of uh, Miles Farmer. More on that four-touchdown underdog. It means they think they're four touchdowns better than you. I, that's, what they, that's, what, that's what they're saying. You know, but you still got to kick the football off. You still got to kick the ball off. We got to go out. We got to play top, at, at a top level. We gotta, like you said, we got to play 60 minutes. But we're not going to back down. We're not going to back down. We're not going to say, oh, we're going to throw the towel in. These kids won't do that. These coaches won't do that. We're not going to do that. So, good, right? You, you, you expect that answer, but there's some conviction in the tone of the answer. Uh, his message to his team this week as they try and rebound and put their best foot forward against number three in the country. We, we talked to him about having a lot of pride, about not being broken, and to continue to fight, and that we start something and we're going to finish it. And along the way, it's going to be some adversity, but we got to bow our neck, and we got to play football. It's the only way you can approach it right now. But like I said, it's a good group, good group of kids. They're not going to quit. So we'll know a little bit more on Casey Thompson, his health, and Thursday will be D-Day, whether or not Casey uh, even suits up. We, we don't know where he's at with his elbow. We held Casey today, um, just trying to still be day-by-day with him, but we, we, we held him today, no reps today. And uh, what's that timetable? It's Thursday, and a little bit more here uh, when it comes to the quarterback position. All right, if case Casey can't go, do you have things at least figured out with number two and number three, Smothers or Purdy, Purdy or Smothers? Can you get better quarterback play? Can you get on the same page with your O.C.? Well, you know, who's making the throws, who's, who's getting us in the correct run plays, and, you know, they're competing right now. They're competing right now, and, and we'll look at each practice and say, okay, he performed really good this day, he performed really good this day, and on Thursday we have to, we have to make a decision. So we'll just look at their reps. Let's hear from Mickey on his discussion real quick, if we have time, on, with Whipple. 
because that's what everybody wants to know. Have you talked to Whipple? Has Whipple talked to you? Can you guys figure out a game plan that'll put your quarterback in the best position? The kid's not calling the plays. Right. We are. <laughs> so is that a conversation you have with, with Absolutely. Whipple? We had that conversation. How'd it go? That's between me and Whipple. Between me and Whipple. I, I can envision a hundred different ways how that conversation, <laughs> and one of them is good. Yep, got you, coach. We'll, uh, we'll run the football or try and run the football. More on the run game. Mitch Sherman's going to weigh in, get his thoughts on Saturday and the rest of the season where Nebraska's at. We'll get you the, the poll numbers here from Hale Varsity Radio on who you want as head coach. 24 hours worth of voting. Hail Varsity continues. We are presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of HaleVarsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll spend time with Matt Chick here in a little less than an hour or sit down with Travis Vokalek. Mitch Sherman joins us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. It's where you follow him on Twitter. Mitch, how are we doing? I am well today. Chris, how are you? I'm all right, man. I'm just kind of thought bubbling right now. Uh, how ugly Saturday can get, man. Uh, just it's not, w- it's not a productive way to spend your afternoon. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I know. I'm just like, you know, this thing's not going to be a lot of fun uh, for for Nebraska fans. It's on that. I mean, it's the. I mean, it's the the, the, the two brands you want on ABC in November at two thirty, except one of them's trying to become themselves again at some point. Uh, we, we talked with Nick about this, and he brought it up. Mitch, where were you 25 years ago today? On November 8th, 8th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Today Is this the 25-year anniversary of the miracle in Missouri? It, it is, my friend. Were you in the end zone, in the press box, or in a pub? Well, a little bit of both. I was in the press box. I was a college student, but I was working for the Omaha World Herald through most of that season, really all of that season. And I was on assignment in Columbia, yes, got to go to that game, like all of them, in 97. And when the pass went, well, really for the whole drive down the field, the, the you know, where, where Scott Frost just continued to make pass after pass. I remember, I believe it was Kenny Cheatham was big on that drive, mm-hmm. and then of course, Shevin Wiggins and Matt Davison showed up in the end zone. And, yeah, I didn't have a great view of it from the sideline where I was. And I remember the Missouri students jumping the, the wall down to come on the field and, and thinking they were going to rush the field and probably had some, some uh, 
physical contact, some brushes up against some of those Missouri students trying to protect myself from getting knocked over. And they cleared the field and, and kicked the extra point. And I definitely remember having a better view of the two Missouri uh, native Missourians or residents of Missouri, Grant Wistrom and Mike Rucker, who converged on Corby Jones in the backfield for the sack that clinched it in, in overtime. So, yeah, that was that was all pretty wild. And, and, and I also recall that it was until I returned to the press box after the interviews – so when all through the interviews, and I, you know, this maybe shed some light on for, for fans who, who don't have a great understanding of how things always work for us. I, I didn't know who caught the ball until we got back to the press box like an hour after mm-hmm. the game. And, you know, somebody up there had a replay that, that we could see. But, uh, yeah, memorable day for sure. Mitch, uh, let's get into Nebraska where they're at and Saturday with, with Mickey and you know, he sounded upbeat, and a lot was talked about with the underdog role. And this team has been underdogged a lot, but they're really, really underdog because of how good Michigan is. This is similar to, to you know, a vintage Penn State matchup or those Ohio State games, you know, three, four, five years ago. But Mickey seems to, to be confident that that they're going to go out and, and play the right way, which is what you'd expect. But easier said than, than done at this point in the season where you got to win out to go bowling. Yeah, this is reminiscent of the, the 18 game in Ann Arbor, which was right at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the Scott Frost era. And, you know, this is right at the very end. It's not, it's not, it's, it's his era in name only because, you know, this is, this is the program that, that he built before Nebraska moves on to its next permanent head coach. So you can kind of say that these games at Michigan were bookend. That was the third game of, uh, of his, of his time in Lincoln. And it was, it was a beat down. And then this will be the third from the, from the end of the time um, that Nebraska plays with the teams that, that he put together. I think it's, it's going to be kind of similar and, you know what was what was that was that like fifty six to ten I think I, and yeah, I have it was, I, it was I, I right there it yeah this is this is that this has that kind of a feel to me I just think Nebraska in, in Nebraska kind of went up against like the junior heavyweights of the Big Ten here in the last three games like just to kind of get them get them primed and and you know nice and beat up for for Michigan <laughs> and now here comes the heavyweight champ I mean this is. You know, Ohio State is still like the king of the Big Ten, but as far as the team that you don't want to play if you're beat up and beat down, I, that's that's that to me is is this Michigan team that is that is that rests its, you know, they hang their hat on running the ball and stopping the run. This is like the the definition of hard nosed Big Ten football, and that's you know that's that's got to just be so much fun for fans of that program this is what they thought they were getting at the beginning with Jim Harbaugh and it you know it's here now Michigan may not win the national championship it may not make the college football playoff again but they play hard physical football that I know people who are connected to that program and fans of that program can be really proud of Mitch I think really Nebraska I don't want to say their only hope but this this 
28-point line, it feels a little inflated to me if Casey Thompson is, in fact, playing. I think Michigan's still a much better football team, and maybe I'll regret saying those words today when Saturday rolls around. But well, what's the feel you get with, with Casey? Is there you know, any chance you think he could be a go on Saturday? It still sounds like he's dealing with some, some loss of feeling in his pinky, can't really grip a football. What's the feel you get with Casey, and do you think it matters? Well, if he's not 100%, it doesn't matter. If you had 100% Casey Thompson in an offense that was in, in you know, prime condition, like everybody, Anthony Grant, Trey Palmer, Travis Bokalek, you know, all of these pieces, the offensive line, you know, you had Teddy Prohaska and Newly, like everybody on the roster, if they were there, or even just say the guys who were available this season, so take Nuri out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'd look at Nebraska and I'd say, okay, they, you know, they have an ability to score against anybody because there's enough athletes out there. But that's not, that's not the condition that Nebraska's in. I don't, I don't think Casey's going to play. I think that's already been de- determined. I mean, I think you could hear it in Mickey Joseph's delivery and his voice today that he's not going to put a guy out there that has been through what Casey has and and has any kind of a of a, a heightened likelihood to get re-injured. I mean, football is a dangerous sport, and you're, you always have the possibility of getting injured. Um, but if you're, if you're playing with nerve damage in your arm and you don't have full feeling, um, you know, and this team's three and six, well, hey, what's the, what's the ups? I don't think there's a real – this, this is not the game, I think, that you bring him back. Um, I fully do not in any way expect Casey Thompson to play. I think this is – this is up to Logan Smothers with with Chuba Purdy as his guy um, to bat to in, in, in as a reserve, um, and that's not based on anything that Joseph said today. Um, I just think they're gonna they're gonna give this thing a different um, a different look offensively than what we've seen the last six quarters with Chuba as the main guy. How do you think the talk with Whip and Mickey went? Well, at least they're talking. Um, I, do, I, do think, I do think they're talking. You know, I, I think these guys are are pros at what they do. And, you know, I probably sound like I'm repeating myself. I think I've probably said this the last two weeks. But um, that's that's good. You know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll get through it. I mean, are they seeing eye to eye on everything with the way that this offense is going to best function? No, um, I don't think so. And I think that's reflective in the way that uh, things have gone the last couple of weeks. But – um, uh, yeah, I think, I think Joseph, uh, you know, he's going to get his point across. And at some point, um, you know, whip, whip doesn't have a choice necessarily, but to do what the head coach wants to do. And they've, they've gone about this for the last couple of games, doing it the way that, that whip determines. And a lot of times in the heat of the moment in a game, like when you have to make a decision about who's going to go in or who's going to play the second half after your starter unexpectedly goes down. Um, or, or, you know, um, whatever the situation was with how they substituted in the game last week. You know, those are harder things uh, to, to make a change on what your plan was and how you practiced it all through the week. But I think going into this game, um, Mickey's going to make the call. Um, he's the head coach, and, you know, while Whipple might make calls or does make a lot of the calls during the game, not just on the plays but on the playing order, I think this is one where – you know, where Joseph is going to assert his authority and make that decision about who the starting quarterback is, and, and I think they're going to give give Logan a shot. Mitch, uh, the bigger picture here uh, with uh, with Trev and 
Nebraska and the coaching search and, and Mickey's candidacy. Uh, you know, I think we all kind of circle post-Iowa for some sort of announcement. Do you have a, a, a new feel or idea with where things may be or uh, a gut on, you know, how, how the job's being received uh, by, by potential candidates? Well, not so much on how it's being received. That's just entirely speculation, and it's hard to, to read it. And I mean, we haven't talked to candidates who have had conversations mm-hmm. with Trev about the job and heard real feedback on what he's been told. So that's all mm-hmm. entirely speculative. And, and, and it's easy to get carried away in thinking, well, we haven't heard this or we have heard this, so this must be happening. And, and you can quickly get really far away from where the truth is um, without trying to do that. It's just, it's, it's easy to, to get lost in, in the speculation. So I, I don't know how he's being received. Um, knowing Trev, you know, I think he comes off well in those conversations. And I think that any candidates or representatives for candidates are, are likely impressed with what he's had to say. That doesn't mean that they're ready to take the job, but, you know, we'll find out more about that. Um, later on, uh, after he's made a choice, my, my, I, I will say I have a, I can have a, I have, I have kind of a gut feel like, um, if, if he's ready or if, if he's preparing to hire somebody who's not a sitting head coach, um, and you know, we've heard mm-hmm. speculation about Matt rule. We've heard speculation about Bill O'Brien, about Gary Patterson. Um, none of those guys are, are sitting head coaches right now. And if it's one, if it's somebody like that, I, you know, I could see it happening before Thanksgiving um, because you want to give that guy as much time as he can possibly have. If you're ready to make a hire and you know who it's going to be, I don't know that there is there is 100%. It's not 100% necessary to wait until after Black Friday. Just go ahead and do it. And, you know, if you have to coach your last game with knowledge that it's not Mickey Joseph and, and – it's somebody else coming in from the outside. That's okay. I mean, Mickey's still going to coach the team. These guys are still going to coach the team against Iowa. It's tougher to do that for three or four games, but if it's one game and it gives your coach a chance, your new coach a chance to get started, and he's not currently coaching a college team, then okay, go ahead with it. If it is a sitting head coach like a Lance Leifold, um, you know, or, or anybody who's currently coaching a team. Um, you know, then clearly it's not going to happen until that guy's regular season is done and, and conference championship game if, if, uh, if he's involved in that. And then you're looking at um, the, the, the weekend after Thanksgiving or, or even a week or so later if, if there's still games on the schedule. Mitch, appreciate the time today, bud. Thank you. Okay, thanks a lot. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. That interview will be uh, posted for you with the Hail Varsity podcast, the whole show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and then uh, different interview segments as well. You can just go uh, do uh, your... Well, your dollar menu, right? You just pick uh, a uh, specific item. Some input here on the stream yard. Jeff says, what's up? He says, happy to know that Whip and Mickey have talked. That's a good thing. Uh, Joe chimes in, says, uh, good afternoon, guys. I hope Trev's doing his homework on 
the coaching search. They have to get this right. I'm tired of watching three and nine football teams. Great show. Appreciate uh, you listening, Joe. That's just it. You're, we're talking about the team morale. They're the ones out there sweating and bleeding and getting punched in the face and, and throwing some punches back. Fan base. Do you, I mean, I know we, we talked a little bit here about 25 years ago today, the, the flea kicker with Davison and Shevin and Scott and uh, getting out of Columbia with a win. <laughs> I, I didn't think I'd see three and nine. Maybe that's just me. I didn't see, think I'd see three and nine once. Uh, I didn't think I'd see three and nine two years in a row. Four and eights weren't great. COVID year was screwy. Five and seven, very disappointing. But Mitch framed it perfectly. Kind of the beginning and end of the uh, the era and the and that tab that that is due because you're just. You're depleted. You're not developed. And uh, here's the other question. God forbid. But as, as Whip said, when it rains, it pours. What happens if if you just got to live Saturday with, 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 uh, with pretty? I mean, can you put, can you put a, a game plan together for him and coach him up this week where he'll be successful? I mean, can you go double tight? Can you roll him out? Can you have him dip and dunk some passes? I mean, I, I, personally, I'd rather see Logan Smithers running the air raid. <laughs> That's where I'm coming I'm from. Saying, I'm saying if for some reason Logan's not available. Well, that, that could get back to the point of why they don't trust him to throw the football. Is, is there some sort of injury concern there? That, that I guess, crossed my mind on Saturday um, whenever, you know, everyone and their mother could see that. Chubba Purdy was not getting it done through the air. I kept on going, why are they not turning the ball over to Smothers? It, mm-hmm. Sure, but is there potentially some sort of injury concern? That's something to, to wonder about, but don't you think they'd update us on that? I, maybe. I'd say nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hey, is Logan healthy? He's out there practicing. But great. Is Logan throwing the football? Is he capable and able to throw the football? How's his arm? I mean, that's that's a hell of a lot more explainable, isn't it? It is. Isn't it? It would make more sense. Looking back in hindsight, it would make a lot more sense why you don't pull the plug on Purdy against Illinois, why Smothers comes in for one drive against Illinois and then gets See the plug. how you feel? Yes. And then at halftime, the coaches and him talking, they go, you know what, something's not right here. Let's go look in Chubba's eyes and see if he's got it today. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. And, well, you know, Pretty didn't practice for two of the final days. I mean, the, if, if Pretty had been dinged, which he was going into Illinois, Casey gets rocked against Illinois, and then maybe the reason Smothers hasn't been going is because he's not 100%. I mean, maybe that's a reason why the guy, as Mickey said earlier today, isn't performing well in practice. Maybe he's still getting his recovery days from trying to play in a football game with an injury. And we're just throwing stuff at we're a speculating. wall here. We're speculating. Because there's a lot of arrows <laughs> that have been shot. Who's your fourth-team quarterback? <laughs> Who's your fifth-team quarterback? Not good. 
Let's talk Husker hoops for a moment. We'll have more from Mickey here after our sit-down with Matt Schick. So, last night, Huskers get it done, 79-66. How prophetic was Coach Smith with us yesterday? Uh, Very. When it comes to moments in a ball game, it's just game one, and it's against Maine. That doesn't sound very uplifting, but you're just being real here. Where you have a guy like Sam Greasel, and he is able to take over and right the ship uh, when it's a one-point game. He came out of the locker room up 12. Maine goes Steph Curry on you from three, and it's a, it's a one-point ball game, and, and you get the combo of Greasel and Gary uh, scoring the majority of points. You have a takeover guy. As Coach alluded to, you have a guy that can sense the moment, step up, get to the free throw line, find others. And then the other thing, Tominaga was fantastic. Hit all three of his threes, 7 of 12, 19 off the bench, scored 10 points straight at one point. And you need that type of offense. And to add to that with Tominaga, not to cut you off here, no, go for it. just a quick point, I think I only remember one Horror shot from Tominaga where so I shot selection where I went man what the hell are you doing shooting that I I think I remember one in the first half that's his confidence all. after international ball this summer's sky high what we don't know is can Greasel go and MJ <laughs> translate into to Big Ten play and how many what, what's the the plus minus going to look like in Big Ten play with the more minutes you play. Tominaga, because he gets abused defensively. Well, can you pair him with a guy like Bandamel? I was really impressed. Another thing Coach Smith said yesterday that seemed prophetic was Bandamel's on-ball defense really did impress me last night. The fact that you had a guy you could turn to whenever you needed to stop, you know what? Stick him on ball and let him pester a guy. Just in his hip pocket. In his hip pocket, the guy can't get free. you got to pass the ball if you want to get a, a, a free look. you got to run through some screens because you're not going to get past this guy one-on-one whenever uh, you have the ball. I, I was impressed with what Bandamel can do and Again, as you say, not to be too, you know, condescending. It is Maine. That's. I feel like it, I'm condescending when I'm just. Eh. It, it's slightly condescending it to Maine. say it's just Maine, but also on the other hand, this is a Husker basketball team with a lot of new pieces that still has a lot of gelling to do, and to go get a, a win against Maine whenever you know what in the second half things got dicey. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you've seen previous Husker basketball teams, even under Fred Hoiberg, I don't want to say pack it in, but start playing tight, start playing nervous. Start, as you said, ignoring the Fred Hoiberg off and starting trying to take things into their own hands. You didn't see that last night. You saw guys that, that were cool, calm, and collected, at least from what I saw whenever the, the going got tough against Maine. And you're able to pull out a win. I think that's a big positive why you're still trying to gel as a team. I'll say this. Nebraska, there, there's a lot of teams, even though college basketball dropped last night, that, that didn't look ready. Oklahoma got knocked off. Creighton was supposed to annihilate. And Creighton's damn good i mean they're they're going to be fine but for nebraska this is a game that they've lost under fred they've mm-hmm. lost under tim mm-hmm. and the point is is you have that personality at least in the locker room you have that guy that's confident and can bring others with him uh, again it needs to be shown in, in big 10 play or power five 
Wind Down Hour 1 at Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good to hang out on a Tuesday at Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. So, Michigan, Nebraska, set for Saturday. We'll spend time on that and the college football playoff reveal with uh, Matt Schick here of Schick and Nick in about 10 minutes or so. Schick will join us. Then Travis Vokalek will sit down with us, get his take on uh, the uh, the task at hand Saturday and also how they can get the tight end a little more involved. Man, you got a, a good one that does an amazing job blocking at a big game against the Illini. I know they targeted him in the end zone against Minnesota. Kind of a uh, see a hands type pass that was deflected a couple of different times, but Vokalek will be big flipping it around. Harbaugh runs three tight ends, and they just wear you out. He had a tight end offense that was just beastful uh, when he was at Stanford, right? And he loves three tight end sets, and they just they giddy up, man. They just maul you. So. Saturday will be interesting. Uh, road show for us Friday. Want to see you at the Hale Varsity Club. We're there four to six. Uh, come by, say hi, get a drink, get a burger, uh, or uh, some of that bang bang sauce with the pretzel. That's incredible. And then uh, we'll be there noon to two for a pregame show uh, with Hale Varsity on Saturday. A little watch party going on. Two thirty kickoff against. Uh, Michigan. Reminder to get buckled up, uh, hands on the wheel, eyes in mind. Straight ahead, the driver has one job, that's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Do we have time to sneak in a phone call? It's Pete. Pete, what's good word? Hey, how you doing? We're good, man. What do you know? You know, as far as the coach search you know i wouldn't mind mickey joseph i'd like to know if whipple is is kind of in control there of the offense and telling mickey what to do or is it mickey going to put his foot down and do what he wants to do i think that's very very important but uh is urban meyer like totally off the list i know he's made some some gaps but that guy can build a program and I guess I wouldn't totally be opposed to, to Urban Meyer. I, I think he would. Uh, Pete, let me ask you this. Let me just interrupt real quick. Do you, sure. look, do you look at Florida and Ohio State as building or inheriting? I, I'll, I'll give him credit for Utah, then handing that off to Winningham. But do you look at Ohio State and Florida as building or, or inheriting? Well, when he took over, they weren't the best programs at that point in time. I think he built them into to a powerhouse. Uh, they used to be a powerhouse, I grant it, but when he took those two programs over, uh, they were not in the greatest of condition. What, what, what they, else, what they, they, were, they were underutilized with Zucker, <laughs> okay, and, and they were in transition under Fickle. And I'll just counterpoint and say 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four is a hell of a lot different than 3-9. and nine. But, but Urban Meyer is one heck of a recruiter. Mm-hmm. And he is a, he is a, uh, takes control of every little thing in the program. He has his hands on everything. If we want to get this straightened out, I think we're going to have to have that kind of mentality as a coach. No, I don't disagree. I mean, Urban's, Urban's probably the, the best hire out there if you can take it. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Speaking of hands on, coach. 
fun story here. Uh, a guy who worked for the, uh, the the Panthers social media said that Matt Rule actually in his contract had the right to verify and uh, approve all social media posts while he was the head coach. He's a very hands-on guy as well. That works. Oh, it, it made all their social media people very angry. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Schick, uh, Schick and Nick and ESPN Radio next hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We say hi to ESPN's Mad Schick, Sirius XM, ESPN Radio, Schick and Nick podcast. So are you dealing or are you giving up bombs as we talk wiffle ball before we get into some college football? Well, so the kids head off from school today. Uh, I think all of America had school today because every election is the most important election in the history of elections. <laughs> and so uh, they're until the next one, right? And so uh, they're, they're home, and uh, we're playing a little wiffle ball. I'm the all-time pitcher, which means I get blamed for every pop-up. That's the difference. I get, played for, I get blamed for every foul ball, every ball that's not a home run. It's my fault, pitcher's fault, for not giving a good pitch. So... Really, it's like all-time quarterback, right? Oh, you didn't give me a good pass. So you, fathers are used to getting blamed by both wives and kids. <laughs> All-encompassing. Now, Matt, I'm not sure if you know this, but there's a, a pro wiffle ball league in this country, and some of those pitchers are insane with what they can throw, knuckle curves, drops, slider. It's unreal. I want to ask, what does your pitching repertoire look like? Well, right now I'm strictly going underhand fastballs. Mm-hmm. because uh, I tried to show off my dad man strength as a Little League baseball coach and chuck a ball really hard. And granted, I'm a very good, uh, you know, a baseball player for a dad, you know, who's coaching his kids, especially when uh, compared to 12-year-olds. And I did that one time and uh, really hurt something in my shoulder. So that's my excuse for not throwing hard to them, for throwing underhand, and for, frankly, not working out, uh, not using dumbbells, free weights, <laughs> or push-ups. Uh, it's the old DL <laughs> we've got to discuss. That uh, chick is with us, so we'll get you a quarter zone. Okay, crazy, weird, hypothetical question, but Matt Schick just won the lottery, took home $1.9 billion, half of that's gone, and you you build a time machine. Let's keep the hypothetical going. What's, what's, this, what, what's the first sporting event you go to? Wow. Any sporting event ever. Um, I would probably, you know, I would probably go as a Mets fan growing up. Okay. Game 686. Okay. Game 686. Okay. Um, You know, I would say, like, I'm a Bills fan. I'm a Bills fan as well. 
but why would I want to go see wide right or the loss to Washington or two losses back to back? I would, you know what I would do? I'd go back in time and make sure Thurman Thomas had his helmet um, <laughs> in his Super Bowl so he could actually start that game and maybe that game goes a little bit differently. Um, there are a couple of things I would do to maybe maybe impact the outcome of a game, but in terms of just watching and not having an impact, it's got to be game 686. Uh, that's so memorable and Hey, it, it worked out for, for Mets fans and uh, poor old Buckner, you know. Uh, college, I mean, fo- go ahead. Schmitty, you're down, you're down two runs. No, I know. Nobody, like, kids, kids should go back and just watch the last inning, ninth and tenth inning mm-hmm. of that one. Just watch it and just see what happens there. Where You're down two runs, nobody on, and two out, and you somehow – score two runs to tie and then three to win. I mean, it's unbelievable. The uh, the RBI baseball on, on YouTube is pretty good, where it just crazily syncs up from the, the original Nintendo yeah, RBI right. baseball <laughs> where the Mets are playing the Red Sox, and it's got, so it's got Scully's call on it. I mean, word for word, it was a perfect glitch. Well, things are not super optimistic in Huskerland, Matt. Uh, we'll go to football here, and uh, probably uh, no Casey Thompson. Last time we talked to you, there was still some some optimism. A lot of the fan base is interested to see what's next with Mickey or, or an outside hire. There was a lot of false smoke last Thursday with maybe an announcement. But uh, you examine uh, all the college football playoff teams. You, you go in depth. What What do you think of this Michigan team? Not only Saturday, but in the big picture, are they are they as are they are they a threat to to win the whole thing? Well, I think they're a threat to Ohio State. Okay. Um, we do our power rankings on SiriusXM on Big Ten Radio, and for the first time this week, I put them above Ohio State because I think they've been the most consistent. They're certainly the most healthy. They're not waiting for a Jackson Smith and Jigba to come back. And so, you know, that's – hold on. i got a ghost runner dispute. What's the ghost runner dispute? He gets, when, whenever we get him out, it's just going to be one out of ten. No, that's all right. That's all right. Just let him play. Just let him play. <laughs> or Beckett can be all-time offense. You see what happens here. It's like – so we're having this wiffle ball game. The daughter, who's 10 years old, she now has a piano lesson. So she's out of the game. So the more athletic son says, well, she was my teammate. Now I'm just going to be her and me. Mm. And I'm going to be, we're going to have ghost runners. And it's like, eh, the elder son on the other team understands there's a lot of hijinks going on. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of confusion here on the wiffle ball diamond on my driveway in North Carolina. Um, but I don't think there's any confusion as I make an Emmy Award winning segue back there to the issue about just, how, about just how good this team is. They can run the ball. They're good up front. You could make the argument they're better defensively than they were last year in some regards. Maybe not in the entire front seven, but they're just, they can turn the ball over. Blake Corm is one of the best running backs in the country. And I think they're better at wideout this year than last year. The question is, is J.J. McCarthy good enough to make a, to, to make a pass when he has to? And that really hasn't been the case yet. Um, so that, that would be my only concern with them, but they're healthy. And I think in the lines of scrimmage, they'll give Ohio State a really good game. 
there's a difference, as you know, Schmitty, between making the playoff and winning it. It's one thing to maybe beat an Ohio State and then beat an Iowa or Wisconsin or Illinois in a Big Ten championship game. It's quite another to then have to beat a, you know, maybe a Georgia and a, you know, TCU or whoever on back-to-back weeks. It's just a completely different scenario. Well, Matt, one of the, the things I think is most impressive about Michigan is that whenever they're off their game, they still find a way to win and sometimes even win handily. When I look back at the Indiana game, the Maryland game, they weren't playing their best football at that time yet. They still found a way to win those football games. I think that's the hallmark of a really good football team. And whenever I look at this Michigan football team, something that I think should be considered here is it almost seems like they're coming into their own as as the Big Ten weather commences. You know, we get to November, cold, windy. It almost feels like Michigan's better suited for this kind of weather than Ohio State is. So to the point that you're making, if you were to give me Ohio State or Michigan, and I had to make a pick, and the game was inside, like in Indianapolis or in a dome, I would take Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to give me it's outside, it's in maybe uncertain conditions, Midwest, November, December weather, give me Michigan eight days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just built for this. And so just a lot of inconsistencies with Ohio State that I think they're much better on paper <laughs> than they are on on the field. But I do think they are national championship caliber worthy. It's just a matter of putting it full together, all together for two complete halves. And they just haven't done that yet. So what you're saying, Matt, is that Nebraska fans should be hoping for 75 and sunny on Saturday? <laughs> yes. Yes. Make sure that uh, the, the elements are not a factor. Make sure that Michigan, you know, uh, frankly, let's put it this way. If Michigan had played Northwestern, uh, in those conditions last week, I think Michigan wins that game by four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, Ohio State was just unable to get it done on the ground. Sure, they averaged four and a half, five yards a carry, whatever it was, but they also needed a 40-yard run from their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who they don't use in the run game enough, in my judgment. So, um, I-, I think Michigan's really good. What's the line, by the way? I haven't looked at the line yet. <laughs> well, it's 28 and a half. Okay. Boy, they really get you with that hook, don't they? They really get you with that hook. Like, the hook gives you pause. Like, yeah, 28. Ooh, a half inch. You know, it's right. um, not sure I could go there, but that number sounds about right. It, it may jump uh, another half, and I don't know what, what farmer's worth, but Nebraska, one of Nebraska's starting safeties is suspended today. Had a DUI over the weekend, so they'll they'll be uh, down a man back there. Matt Schick with us a few minutes. Hail Varsity Radio. He is all-time pitcher. It is Wiffle Ball out in North Carolina with Schick. Schick and Nick oh, yeah. show, of course, on uh, Herdant, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, if you don't, catch their podcast. But you hear Matt with ESPN uh, Radio, Sirius XM, and you watch him on ESPN as well. So with Nebraska, let's flip it over to... Uh, what they've been unwilling to do or or not confident in doing, and that's lean on the run. They've not been good at it either, so that might be part of the the problem. But the quarterback choice is uh, Chubba Purdy, who's a Florida State transfer that's been a bit of a mess in uh, a few samples. And then you have Logan Smothers, the Alabama kid, that has – is more of a gamer but may not show it in practice. But you've had two second halves the last two weeks, Matt, where Nebraska's been hesitant to to go with Smothers, but he seemed to have moved the ball better. It was not good either way uh, offensively, second half against Illinois, second half against Minnesota. But uh, I I hope there's some clarity between uh, Mickey and Whipple here, This, even though it is Michigan. 
Yeah, they're they're giving the impression at least post. I feel like there's more post game clarity between the two than in game clarity. Yes. Maybe they're trying to get their story straight after the game <laughs> to make sure they go to the podium as a unified front. Kind of, hey guys, we're auditioning for this job. We can't sound like morons and and one one person saying one thing and the other saying the other. It's just you know when you have a when you have a quarterback injury like they've had with Casey Thompson. I think the most frustrating part of the Nebraska fan is seeing that the gap is so great. And when you think about the difference between Nebraska and other programs, it's that the gaps between the ones and the twos are so sizable where you just can't build that depth. Look at Michigan. I mean, Michigan decides to bench Cade McNamara for a quarterback. A quarterback, they benched Cade McNamara, a guy that took them to the playoff, beat Ohio State, won a Big Ten championship, and they move on from that. And you look at the other side with Nebraska, and they're just, they're just trying to scrape by with, with smoke and mirrors and mercenaries. And it's just – I think what this all magnifies is that um, there's just a lot of recruiting, retention, and development that needs to happen with whoever the next head coach is going to be. Uh, Shelby Purdy does not look prepared. I know he's been banged up, um, got banged up prior to the Illinois game, and I get all that. But you've got to put your quarterback in a great position to succeed. First half was great. Second half was not. And without Casey Thompson, it just looks like they're a rudderless ship right now. It's too bad. Well, Matt, the, the way I see it, and this comes from my, my Broncos fan bias, I look back to whenever Tim Tebow took over the Broncos years ago. Kyle Orton was the guy. He wasn't winning football games. They brought in Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was awful in practice. There's a whole bunch of videos out there of Tim Tebow trying to throw a football in practice, and it does not look good. But the simple fact of the matter is, is once Tim Tebow got on a, a football field on a Sunday, he went out and won football games. The team rallied around him. They were able to move the ball better, and they were able to create a game plan for a guy like that. And my question to you is, is Mark Whipple going to be willing to make a game plan for a guy like Logan Smothers, even though that's not what he likes to do on offense? Well, I guess here's the, here's the counter to that, or I guess the question to that, and I agree with what you're, what you're saying. I don't... What can you do? Can you out-scheme when you're so severely out-talented? Mm. And so I, I understand the, the point of the question, because as Nebraska, you're just you're just trying to get by. You're just trying to find a way to get yards, get in the red zone, get some field goals, get some points. But with Logan Smothers and the cast around him, can you do that? Can you do that? Can you give him enough uh, protection in the offensive front? Can this offensive line hold up against one of the better defenses? You're talking about a top 10 defensive efficiency team in Michigan that makes life really, really hard on people. So, you know, if anything, Whipple can show some creativity that might need to throw in some gadgets. You're not going to beat uh, Michigan straight up regardless of how you scheme who your quarterback is or scheme around him. Um, you're going to have to you're going to have to get lucky and you're going to have to figure it out uh, with with maybe some some hijinks, gadgets and trick plays. That's that's really the only way Nebraska has a shot here. Uh, maybe the dreaded onside kick, not the one from <laughs> Dublin, but one that actually works. Um, you know, maybe there's maybe there's something there, but they're really up against it this week, regardless of who's there. A few more minutes here. Matt Schick with us from Schick and Nick. And, of course, Sirius XM ESPN Radio. Reminder about your friends at Red Zone Ticket Selling Fund since 2001. And you have tickets you want to buy or sell. Husker football, Husker volleyball, NFL action, Creighton hoops, concerts, theaters, or the CWS, come summertime, your place to go, redzonetickets.com. 
Omahaproud.com, and they are local. They are Omaha Proud, a local source and an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. How do you get that? Well, you back up that 100% guarantee on all orders. You'll receive authentic tickets to the experiences and events you want to go to. Time to check off that bucket list. Create the memories that last a lifetime and do so by visiting RedZoneTickets.com. Do so today, RedZoneTickets.com, Wisconsin's around the corner. Uh, of course, uh, Iowa to end the year. Ann Arbor uh, in the uh, the crosshairs this weekend. And, of course, uh, Creighton's going to have a pretty money schedule uh, coming up here with Big East play. Uh, and maybe you're not a season ticket holder. Maybe it's time to uh, make a phone call. Maybe you can't go, but listen, you want to get made uh, whole or get something out of those seats. RedZoneTickets.com. Our old boy Brennan. Don't know if he got a deer last weekend, but he just wanted to remind you, Elijah, that Tim Tebow's a better passer than he is a tight end. That's a low bar. It's a very low bar. <laughs> I, just, I just remember the, uh, the, the playoff win back in 09. Tebow to Demarius Thomas. Yeah, that's right. 80 yards for the touchdown. Touchdown it is. More with Matt Schick on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Matt Schick with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Let's talk Trev Alberts and, and his outlook. You know, uh, Mickey's, the, the context is so important because of what's been inherited, the mess, the transition. You've highlighted Nebraska's ills, and that is retention, development, and then just talent acquisition uh, over years. And there's been some 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 tough ball games, and it's not been squeaky or flawless. But th- at the same time, we've gone over the, the Nebraska job and is $2 million more a year or maybe $3 million more a year worth the headache? Let's get into the quick discussion of uh, Mickey or the field and whoever the field is. I just don't know that Trev's gotten a yes, Matt. That's kind of my feel right now. And Mickey could grow into this if, if, and it's bad to even put it this way, but if you're, if Mickey's your, your alternative option, uh, I think there could be some good things, but right now I just don't know that the Nebraska jobs that desirable, even for guys that are at some, some programs that don't have as blue a blood, man, they're winning. And I'm talking about the, the state to the South of us. No, I, uh, I agree with your, uh, with the setup to the question there and the statement of, you know, I, I've made the comment that Nebraska is certainly not selecting a coach. They're recruiting a, cou- a coach, which is why Trev Alberts is the perfect guy for this job in this setting. I mean, let's be honest. If Sean Eichhorst is the AD right now, what prayer do you have of even convincing a guy to come work for you no. and in this program right now? Trev Alberts, is the man of the hour, and he wins over a room. Can he win over a Power 5 coach who's at a place with lesser resources? And that's really what it is. It's not, you're not going to convince a guy for an extra million or two a year, in my estimation, to make a move that's seemingly lateral where your ceiling is about the same. Um, and frankly, if you're pursuing a coach like that, I would imagine that that school would counter whatever you bring. Like a Dave Aranda 
you know, from everything you hear, Baylor's going to do whatever it takes to keep him there. So I would almost scratch him off the list. Um, you know, you look at a, a Lance Leipold, the ceiling is certainly higher at Nebraska. The, the income will be greater. But, you know, at his stage, is that something that he wants to take on? You know, he's got a lifetime deal at Kansas if he wants it, based on what he did. And we've seen what happens if you don't succeed in four years at Nebraska and what does success look like. So, you know, guys like the, the, the Matt Rule, the, um, you know, the Leipold, like we mentioned, the Matt Campbells, the, the Bill O'Brien, which to me just doesn't really captivate anybody. I, I think Mickey gets a serious long look here, but I also think it's such a heavy lift that you need someone who's more than just a great recruiter. You need someone who's a program builder and has a track record of doing so. And that's why, you know, as soon as Matt Rule got fired here down the street from me, about 10 miles down the road from where I live in Charlotte, um, he immediately moved to the top of my list just because of, of that. And so um, how badly does he want it? How badly, how much can you pay him? And, and how much does he love college football? And how much does he love the grind? And how dirty does he want to get that smock? You know, those are all the questions that, that they're, they're going to have to figure out. I tell you, Nebraska could really sell a lot of good Husker smocks if Matt Rule came to Lincoln, Nebraska. It would be very trendy, especially if they won more games than they lost. Matt Schick's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Matt, the, the new name that's emerged within the past couple days, Jeff Monken from Army. Is it time to bring back the triple option? Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned Jeff Monken because – when Scott Frost was first fired and the story started coming out, I was texting a buddy in the media, and I said, if you want to hire the disorganized guy, you hire Jeff Munkin. If you want to fire the disorganized guy, you hire Jeff Munkin. You hire the organized guy. Who's more organized than the head coach at Army, who makes sure that the clothes are laid out neatly, let alone making sure you don't get any false starts? So um, that, that, to me, it makes sense in that regard. But, yeah, what kind of offense are you going to bring? Do we really go back to the throwback? And would he bring portions of the, of the triple option and not the entire system? Um, you know, that makes me always intrigued about a guy like a Dave Clawson. What's the upward mobility at Wake Forest? He's done a great job. Uh, his offense is really interesting and I think would work well at, at Nebraska. And he's a guy who's built a program um, as well. But you want a guy who brings respect back to the coach's office, something, someone like Mickey Joseph has done so far, um, but someone who also has a proven track record of program building, maybe an off- offense that has proven that it works, and one that you know, can work even without four- and five-star talent, and I think that's going to be really important. Matt Schick with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Last thought, Matt, uh, as we uh, look towards a fun November of college football. Uh, your reaction to, to LSU and Bama, man, uh, the, uh, the the two-point call, the two-point get, and then the eruption yeah. down on the bayou. It was uh, probably the moment of the year in college football, and it's going to be hard to imagine that it gets topped. And I think, if anything, it shows that, yeah, Nebraska doesn't have the talent of an LSU, but if you get a good coach – it shouldn't be that hard, no matter where you are. And uh, Brian Kelly just, he can speak in whatever accent he wants after that game um, and that call. And even if the call didn't work, sure, you're not throwing a party, but you like the Cajun cojones that he showed and uh, the fact that he's, you know, going for the win. I think LSU is going to be interesting to see where they're ranked 
tonight. I think a two-loss LSU, if they went out there unquestionably into the playoff. Um, and I think they're probably sixth or seventh tonight. Does Tennessee drop out of the top four? They're either four or five. TCU's either four or five. Um, Tennessee's certainly not out of it yet uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Frankly, I don't think Clemson is either. I see on Get Up, and I know I get paid by ESPN, but it's kind of foolish to say, yeah, their season's over. I mean, they're going to be 12-1 and one if they – if they beat who they're favored to beat, which is everyone they're scheduled to play. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, they'll be sitting there 12-1, and one, a conference champ, and waiting in the wings. So we've seen crazy things in college football. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. But um, I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch, and I think the gap between Georgia and the rest of college football is uh, maybe as sizable as we anticipated coming into the year. Matt Schick with us at ESPN underscore Schick. Matt, good to spend time with you. Thanks for taking a few minutes and go ice the arm. Guys, the, uh, the the arm is really iced, and I apologize for the arguing. Uh, people are upset. There's a lot of uh, the natives are restless. They're upset at my pitching. They don't like how I'm ruling on plays. While It's like a head official while he's listening to the radio and trying to rule a game and pitch a game uh, while it's going on. They're giving me a lot of grief, so I need to... I need to adjudicate uh, some things here and check the <laughs> ring camera for instant replays. I'll make the right call. You will. Hey, thank Karen. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Good stuff with Matt Schick of Schick and Nick at ESPN Radio, Sirius XM. And uh, college football playoff ranking reveal here less than 30 minutes away. You know what I'm interested in? I'm interested in in Georgia this weekend. They got to go down. They got to play the Pirate. They got to play Mississippi State. It's had the big win over TCU or uh, Tennessee, excuse me. But that's not a real easy turnaround emotionally you know what i mean to to be up now georgia's fantastic georgia's got to go i should say uh down there not tennessee but it's uh there's easier games to have i guess is what i'm saying the old pirate knocking off georgia would be something well it's it's it, with his the, offense with his offense the bulldog versus the bulldog well i think a big question for the game is uh, what do Mike Leach's wide receivers look like if they don't have chairs on the sideline? Oh, they're still Saturday? running stairs right now. <laughs> right? He called out their, 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 their T-Rex arms a week ago, two weeks ago, and then he, he started folding chairs down like he's working, working security. <sighs> Leach. He's, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's his own guy. Fish sandwiches and fat girlfriends. You got to love it. Uh, <laughs> running backs. Nebraska's at the uh, – well, they're they're in uh, their third consecutive week of who wants to be all Big Ten, right? And Brown's really good. Uh, Moe's really good. Now you get Blake uh, Corum, and he's phenomenal. And Harbaugh's already said it, but you had Coach Mickey today asked about Blake and how he uh, spearheads that offense. No, he's a, he's a really good player. He's probably one of the top backs in the country. I think he's getting Heisman votes right now. But you, if you watch the film, he's, he runs low to the ground. He runs with violence. And, he, and then he has a really good burst. So he, when he sees it, he sees it and he busts through the hole. But he's a really good football player. So quarterbacks are the focus. Matt Schick laid out just what Michigan did. They, they benched. A guy. A guy got beat out in competition that took him to the playoff last year. Uh, what about Nebraska's quarterback competition? What's the criteria there? 
Well, you know, who's making the throws? Who's, who's getting us in the correct run plays? And, you know, they're competing right now. They're competing right now, and, and we'll look at each practice and say, okay, he performed really good this day, he performed really good this day, and on Thursday we have to, we have to make a decision. So we'll just look at their reps. So the game plan is what, without divulging it, how do you stay alive for a while in, uh, in Ann Arbor? I think if you've been in this league and you understand what you're looking at as a coach, you understand that you've got to slow it down because everybody else is slowing it down. This is just the way this league is built, and we've got to play Big Ten football. And we're, gonna, we're eventually trying to get to that. But we've got to play Big Ten football, and you've got to try to slow it down. So tempo and time of possession, very key. Remember when we ta- – Kaz said this to start the year. Time of possession and ground and pound is uh, so key. And finally, what you need, what you want, what you got to be satisfied with with the, the run game. Well, we, we got to trust and, and be happy with three- and four-yard runs. You got to be happy with them. And so we got to say, hey – we got a three-yard run. Let's let's pad it back up and go back at it again, and maybe we get another three-yard run. You know, nice third and four is manageable. You can uh, you can live that way. Uh, manageable's good, but is it good enough Saturday against Michigan? Uh, no, Miles Farmer will spend some time here coming up. Travis Vokalek will sit down with this uh, captain, tight end, senior for Nebraska football. Big game against Illinois, uh, targeted a few times uh, against Minnesota, but will need to be big. And you had kind of the dueling tight ends last year. Austin Allen did some nice things that delayed tight end release that Michigan ran on third and eight all game every third down last year in their, uh, their win. So we'll spend time. Travis Vokalak next to Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. A few minutes here. Travis Vokalek back with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Travis, uh, some thoughts on Michigan as uh, you guys regroup and head to Ann Arbor. Yeah, um, you know, we, we know that they're a great football team. Um, obviously, I have to have a great week of preparation. Um, they're very fundamentally sound on the offense inside of the ball, offense and defensive side of the ball, um, along with special teams. So, um, you know, we know we know what we have to get done this week in preparation and then coming out uh, on game day and executing. Let's talk about uh, the the quarterback situation and what uh, you see on the offensive side from from 
any of the options that, that may play. Yeah, you know we've got um, you know we got great players in that in that quarterback room. Um, you know the whole offense and I guess the whole team really trust every single one of those guys, and we're going to be behind those guys no matter what happens, whether um, you know Chuba or Casey or um, Logan play. Um, so you know we we're, we back those guys um, you know through thick and thin. Um, you know whoever uh, Coach Mickey decides to play, you know the offense and the whole team is going to back up. <clears throat> Travis Vokalek sitting down with us here at Hale Varsity ahead of uh, Nebraska and Michigan. And it's been a bit of a merry-go-round with the quarterback. You, you've seen both. And let's talk about your comfort level um, with uh, with either. How much time have you had a chance to, to prep with them? Yeah, you know, throughout fall camp, uh, way back in the summer, it seems like it was just yesterday, um, which is kind of crazy. But, um, you know, you go through uh, different rotations with the quarterback, so you, you get the comfort um, with them, you know, how they throw the ball. Um, you know, their cadences and stuff like that. So I'm really comfortable um, with, with all of them. Um, I trust every single one of them. Um, I know that every every one in that room can get the job done. Um, so it's just about executing. And, um, you know, you know we're, we're excited to see, uh, see who's playing this weekend. Early on against Minnesota, it was some really heavy sets, some double tight sets, uh, especially that first drive. And talk to me about uh, the, the run game mentality here moving forward for this team. Yeah, you know, we, we want to run the ball. Um, we've got great running backs. Um, you know, the O-line has done a great job um, this past week and uh, will continue to do a great job. You know, we're just pre- we're, we're preaching, you know, physicality, uh, attacking blocks. Um, and, you know, I, I really think that, you know, we can run the ball very well. Um, you know, we've got a, we've got quarterbacks that know the offense in and out. Um, so they know, you know, when we need to throw the ball and when, when we need to run it. Um, so being able to run the ball is a huge part of the offense. And I think we'll continue to do that. Uh, a couple weeks back, the sideline grab and then the touchdown finish. Uh, take me through that play against the Alina. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, you know, Casey threw a great ball, um, just made a catch, and then tried to make a play to help this team win. Um, so we, we need more plays like that, um, you know, from our tight end room and from our receivers and running backs and everyone on the offense. So, um, you know, if we can, we can do that, um, you know, multiple times this weekend, I think we'll like the outcome. <clears throat> One of the, the plays that you're highlighted then is is that pop pass. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got a few of those. But just from a schematic standpoint, what does that do uh, from your eyes? Why does it work so well against defenses? Yeah, you know, so uh, with that, that formation, um, you know, We've got the run, the uh, middle linebackers, you know, the quarterbacks can the middle linebackers, and we got a play fake on it. So we're acting like we're running the ball. If they bite on the run, then we're going to throw the pop pass. If not, in case your other quarterbacks is going to hand it off to the running back. So it's you know, my dad as a defensive guy always talks about how how the tight end formations and all the different ways that tight ends can line up can really screw with the defense. So, um, you know, we've we've tried to um, use a couple of those formations to mess, mess with defenses, and, um, you know, that was, that was one uh, example of how it worked. Travis Vokalek joining us here. Uh, thoughts on Michigan, thoughts on Harbaugh. He's a guy that has been fantastic. You look at his tight end room all the way back to Stanford and then with the Niners and uh, three tight ends to just go crush folks mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at Michigan. Uh, so it's a... It's a position he, he uses real well but just the big picture here with uh, the opportunity at hand Saturday yeah it's you know it's a great opportunity and everyone knows that you know we know 
It's all about preparation right now. Um, you know, it's it's Tuesday right now. We've got a long week ahead of us. We need to have great practices. We just had a great practice this morning. Um, you know, we're, we're setting the game plan together, um, and, and we really like the game plan. So it's a great opportunity. going to be a great atmosphere. Um, you know, um, the big house, I've played there before. It's it's a sweet, sweet atmosphere. Um, so uh, guys are excited. Guys, you know, we're, I think we're going to be ready to go. And uh, we just got to have a great week of preparation and then come out and uh, execute, execute the game playing on Saturday you don't worry about morale at all no um you know the thing is you know this team um we're fighters and we've I think we've proved that we're not going to give up and I can tell you right now there's no sense of giving up in that locker room right now um you know guys guys want to win football games you know we the the work ethic and the fight is there um unfortunately you know just the execution and the results haven't been there right now um but uh, I think eventually um, it, it's going to happen. So, um, you know, we're excited. It's a great opportunity, and I uh, can't wait for Saturday. Last thought here, Travis Volklick back with us here on Hale Varsity. Uh, Mickey touched on the, the topic of complimentary football, and it's been talked about playing 60 minutes. And what, what's the offense going to need to do to help the defense and vice versa? Because there's been games this year where – all three phases have been complementary, and there's been some games that that's not been the case. Yeah, you know, the offense is going to have to play very well. Um, we've been preaching execution, um, you know, kind of like what I've been saying before. Um, you know, we just have to get the ball to our playmakers, and when the opportunity comes, we have to make plays. Um, you know, Coach Whip and Coach Mick uh, really preached that on Sunday when we came up here for meetings that, you know, we had too many drops on third down. Um, you know, and that that's from all of us. Um, so, you know, we, we've really, we really need to, you know, execute. Um, and when the opportunity comes, we have to make the play. Um, and we have to do it over and over and over and over. Um, so we need to score touchdowns. You know, love love our kicker, love Timmy, but we need to score. Uh, we don't want field goals. So when, when the opportunity arises, you know, we just have to execute. And, um, you know, I think we'll like the outcome if that happens. What's, what's the tone of a, of a Whipple meeting? Oh, it's, you know, I love Coach Whipple. Um, you know, he uh, he can definitely coach you really hard. He can get on your rear end a little bit. But um, at the end of the day, you know, he cares about his players. Um, you know, he cares about this football team. And um, he just wants to, wants to see us be successful. So um, he's, he's put us in great situations all, all, all year. And, uh, you know, us as players um, just have to execute when, when that opportunity comes. Is it tone? Is it volume, the the tenor, the way the message is being delivered? What what sticks out to you about that? It's you know there's there's times where you know he's loud and he'll he'll get onto the quarterback, he'll get onto you know me, he'll get onto other tight ends and he'll scream at you. But you know, um, growing up in a football family, it's it's what they're saying, how they're saying it. That's something my dad's always preached to me. Um, so you know, we always take the message from Coach Whip, and uh, you know, I, I'm really glad that you know he's our OC, and um, I love playing for him. Both your quarterbacks. What do you like uh, about Purdy most? What do you like about Logan most? Oof, man, they're they're great athletes, uh, great leaders. Um, you know, I, I can't say I like one more than the other. You know, well, <laughs> so no, you, you need whoever's there to throw the ball to you. Yeah, yeah, whoever wants to throw me the ball. No, um, you know, they're, they're great dudes. Um, so, um, you know, that they, they can make plays um, and uh, they can get things done. So, uh, you know, whoever's going to play is is going to be our our best uh, option to get us uh, get us a win in Ann Arbor. Travis, thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to sit down with Travis Vokalek, senior captain, tight end for Nebraska. And uh, he had a, a nice day against the Illini. Let's see if Nebraska can get back to that uh, against uh, a team like Michigan. That old pop pass, though, man, it's been pretty lethal. 
And uh, and no doubt uh, Michigan's ready for it. We'll wind down a Tuesday with Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hale Varsity presented by Nebraska and your friends at Currency for your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. That was almost a swear jar moment. Uh, but it wasn't. Elijah, what do the polls say, my friend? It is election day, and we put a poll out yesterday. I did a garbage job of promoting it, but we have a few votes in, which is fine. And it was a, it was a full ballot, wasn't it? It was. So run down the list of, of who was on the ballot, and you, the, the uh, Hale Varsity radio fan, voted in and said what? Well, we had somewhat of an A tier and a B tier. So the, the A tier, the, the top list, Mickey Joseph, Dave Aranda, Matt Rule, Lance Leopold. As for the B tier, uh, we had Gary Patterson, Bill O'Brien, Chris Kleiman, and Jeff Monken. So it's a good B tier. It's a very good B tier, but this, <laughs> this is just the, the the feel I've gotten from fans over the past couple weeks of, of who people want. And uh, in the A tier, with thirty three percent of the vote, Mickey Joseph take Ooh. it. But it was close all the way through. Dave Aranda twenty six percent of the vote. Matt Rule twenty five percent of the vote. Lance Leipold sixteen percent of the vote among that A tier. Down in the B tier, uh, Bill O'Brien won the B tier uh, as he had thirty seven percent of the B tier, uh, beating out. Chris Kleiman with 30% of the vote, Jeff Monken with 18% of the vote, and Gary Patterson with 14% of the vote. So that's what we're looking at. It's Mickey Joseph still is the, the popular name, but if we're looking at, at straw polls and, and what you know the, the Gallup calls are saying, Mickey Joseph, I think, has come a little bit more back down to earth from where he was a couple weeks ago. I would venture to say, based on what I saw from other people's polls and um, just from the feel I got from from social media, what what... My friends say what what just other people text me and, and say. I think Mickey was probably closer to, to fifty to fifty five percent of the the A tier as of a couple weeks ago. Now he's come back down to earth, sitting at thirty three percent. So here's a couple of names, okay, that are going to pick up steam here in the next couple of days. Gary Patterson, Bronco Mendenhall. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Yep. Yeah, sources? Yeah, I do. Sources are saying? <laughs> yeah, and let the arrows fly at me, but uh, just got a text, and the uh, question is this. You here at Mendenhall or Patterson? Like, brother, it's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it is quiet. But, no, I mean, Gary Patterson... Look, TCU's killing it this year. That's his roster. And the the question is, uh, how would the current locker room react to Gary Patterson? Hell of a defensive coach. 62, is he a bridge guy? I mean, he built, he built and built. I mean, TCU was... was Decent when they had Ladanian Tomlinson for a year. 
in 2000. That's when Patterson came in in 2000, 2001. And he's, uh, to be quite honest, he's like one of the guys that Bill Byrne wanted to replace Coach Osborne. All right, back at four tomorrow with Hale Varsity. Dr. Rob Zadiska joins us. Mike Babcock, Evan Bland. A Huda Media Production.